My name is Michelle, and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to the Madison, Wisconsin Branch School. This is a school and not a church, and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Madison branch was established in 1987. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been properly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is a title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce a sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus or Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He's the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple, 
yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a holy name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. Proof: How everything is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. First up, you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the dragon, the devil, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through dispensations of time. Eight, sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, save in the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture reading tonight will be John the 14th chapter, read by Dr. Delilah Tucker of the Madison, Wisconsin branch. And if we could start with a prayer from Dr. David Klopach, also of the Madison, Wisconsin branch. Thank you. Hello, class. Let's all bow our hearts and minds. Yahshua. Yahshua, please calm us. We make us relaxed so we can take in and comprehend and understand and enjoy tonight's lecture so that we can learn more about you and that our soul is made more complete and we get that calming nature of you, Yahshua. Um, and let us be spiritually minded so we can, uh, we can get to the end of this age. With that, let's all say hallelujah. hallelujah. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'll be reading John 14th. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. 
In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Master, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Yahshua said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the light, life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Master, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Yahshua said unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If I shall ask anything in my name, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judah said unto him, not Iscariot, Master, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Yahshua answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth my sayings, then, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. 
These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye will rejoice because I said, I go unto my father, for my father is greater than I. And now I have told you because it come to pass that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk, talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Thank you. Our readers this evening will please be Dr. Kelly Gagno of the Madison, Wisconsin branch and myself. A warm welcome to everyone tonight. Welcome back Tatiana, our returning visitor. Also a nice welcome to our visiting brethren from other branch schools. We're glad to have you here. And also a nice welcome to our um, friends who are watching on YouTube tonight as well. Our first speaker this evening will please be Dr. Karen Gagno of the Madison, Wisconsin branch. Good evening. Can you hear me? Good evening. Thanks. Um, oh, it's good to be here. Um, we, um, I guess I'll just have a testimony. We were um, in Italy for the last couple of weeks and it, um, was really amazing to us. It was a beautiful trip. We got to see a lot of things that I never thought I'd ever see. And, um, and the trip really showed me or reminded me actually about how much when you trust in Yahshua that he just has everything under control. Um, we went to a place where none of us spoke the language <laughs> and we were doing things that I've never done before. And, and we trusted in Yashua and he got us through. Um, there were some hiccups along the way, but, but we just knew that it would, it would work out. We kept quoting that movie, um, Shakespeare in love. How is this going to work out? I don't know. <laughs> but we knew it would work out. Anyway, um, my impressions were we saw a lot of churches. We were in, um, we went to a lot of Renaissance uh, uh, villages and um, Venice. Uh, 
uh, Florence in Rome. And um, we went into a lot of different churches. And the beauty in these churches is so breathtaking and stunning. Um, and we, we didn't really get a tour, so I don't really know who they were, but it was amazing to me that they would have these, like we're in Venice and we're in St. Mark's Square and you saw St. Mark's Basilica. And the main prominent thing was, was Mark and not Yashua. And the same with St. Peter's Basilica. It was all about Peter and all the popes are buried there. And everything is about Mary and the popes and not about um, our creator. And they were telling us um, in um, one of the, in St. Peter's Basilica, we did have a, a tour guide through the Vatican and the, the, the wealth and the extravagance of these marble statues and paintings and uh, mosaics was, was um, something I could never imagine in my wildest dreams, just being in there. They were so beautiful and, and you just couldn't take it all in. And our tour guide at St. Peter's Basilica, she said the whole reason why they do that is to, to attract people. They want to go there because they've got the big, the best church, the most beautiful. It's not because of anything about the truth. And which is what Yahshua talks about is, um, why don't we get... Um, why don't we go into the scripture reading um, and read, uh, just start at 15, I guess, please. Uh, John 14 and 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And okay, I will. Well, why don't we get, um, I'm sorry. Kelly, for interrupting, why don't we, um, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Why don't we go over to John 4th chapter and um, 23, I think. John 4 and 23, but the hour comes and now is, which the true worshipers, sorry, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. But the right. Father... So, excuse me, sorry. So, so does that mean there's false worshipers? Because he's saying about the time is now when the true worshipers are going to do something. So there's got to be false worshipers that are doing something too. So go ahead. The true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the okay, father so the true worshipers will worship the father 
or their creator in spirit and in truth. Go ahead. For the father seeks such to worship him. That's what the father wants. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth, not in the best looking um, building with the most statues or the softest kneeling um, altars or whatever. He wants us to worship him in truth. Go ahead. Yahweh is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. All right. So our creator is spirit and he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you love him, you would, you would do what he asks. And, and he's saying that he wants us to know the truth. All right. So, um, why don't we go back to the scripture reading. And these churches... They weren't all about truth. They were all about the outward appearance is what they were. And that's what brings people to Italy, to Venice, and to Florence, and to the Vatican is to see the opulence and the beauty in these churches. And, um, you know, some of them, like, um, in Florence, um, the dome, the domo was so beautiful on the outside. I've never been so taken with the structure as the the domo in um, in Florence. It was so breathtaking, and it was so. And so you walk there, and you have the baptismal building is is in front of the the basilica. And it was all, the marble was this dark white. And then it had this beautiful mosaic of pink and green, um, supposedly to be part of the Italian flag, but it was so beautiful, it was black and dirty. And to, to be fair, I'm sure they, you know, can't wash it all the way around all the time, but it just struck me that the front just before carnival and and um, Lent, they have the the front is all beautiful, and then but in the back or um, the rest of it was just dirty and not not um, as beautiful as the front. So it's just what they have to attract people. And it's really not that way all the way. Um, what else? It's probably everywhere else. The people were just partying. All the place was, we got there and it was like so crazy. The people were just partying. There's bars and restaurants all around the Domo. And people were just partying like crazy. And a lot of the people that we were talking to said that they don't even go to the churches you know the whole country really is geared towards you know the catholic church but many of the children of um, israel down in um, the wilderness how they're just partying around the golden calf and just you know not 
not waiting for Moses to come back down. They were just worshiping that golden calf and they didn't care about, you know, who really brought them up out of bondage and that the truth of what situation that they were in. So it was just, it just reiterated Peter has shown us and and just even knowing his name and appreciating his name. And he's, he's shown us that um, where he lives and that's, he has, he's right within us. Um, why don't we go back to the scripture reading? Go ahead, Kaylee. I'm sorry to interrupt. John 14 and 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. All right. So keep your, his commandments. Worship him in spirit and in truth because um, that's what he wants. Go ahead. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that you may abide, that he may abide with you forever. Okay. So another comforter, it's because Yahshua is going to have to go away. Right? And the people were afraid and they didn't want to lose him. So he's like, well, you're going to get another comforter. You know, I'm a comforter now in the flesh. I can't hear you, Kelly. Sorry, uh, muted myself. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because okay, so here he's talking about how he's going to give them a comforter. And what is that comforter? The comforter is the truth. Knowing the truth is what is a comfort to us. Go ahead. Whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. All right. So that truth is with, we receive that truth. Yahshua receives that truth within us. And that's what gives us comfort, right? Because you, ha you have the people in Egypt or in the wilderness that they don't care about the truth. They just want, you know, that golden calf. They want the, the lusts of the flesh. And, um, and so they didn't have that comfort, right? Because that first generation died in the wilderness eventually, right? Go ahead. I will not. Yashua, we've talked, I'm sorry, Kelly. We've talked about this before, um, that Yashua is that tabernacle that was right within all those, that whole tribe of Israel, right? Because we talk about how Yashua is the door and how he is the light and the bread and the intercessor. So we talk about the description of that tabernacle is really the description of Yahshua or our creator. And he lived, he was set up right within the midst of all the children of Israel. So it's showing you that he will be within, that truth will be within you. So that's what Yahshua is saying is that spirit of truth will dwell within you. Go ahead. Sorry. I will not mm -hmm. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. 
Yet a little while, and the world sees me, know me. Because I live, you shall live also. All right. So he was going to be, so that truth, he has is, he is shown it to us. And that is what is so beautiful, is that we can trust in that truth to bring us that comfort. Because the truth is what sets us free. Um, when we were, um, another thing, when we were in Venice, we, um, outside of our Airbnb, the apartment that we were renting, um, this studio came and was setting up um, to shoot, a, we thought a movie at first, but I guess it's a TV show for Showtime. And um, so we we're all excited that we we're going to get to watch these actors um, and they were going to be filming them. Anyway, so Callie was, we were counting on Callie because her phone had data so she could get us around Venice before we got lost. And she ended up um, meeting a friend. So Steve and I were out and about and he, um, we had to get, we wanted to get back to the apartment before it got too dark. And we started walking and we we're trying to just figure our way around. And then all of a sudden there was this yellow sign, this arrow that said location. And we we're like, hey, you know, look at that. You know, here we're like all kind of getting worried we're going to get lost in Venice in that maze of, of little alleys and canals and bridges. And I was like, I wonder if that's where. Um, our apartment is where there's the location of the shoot and we kept walking and then all of a sudden there was another arrow that said location pointing in a in the direction which we were going and so pretty soon we're following these arrows and it brought us right to our apartment and I'm like thank you Yashua you know here we had just follow those arrows follow the signs and he gives us signs all the time that if we just trust in him, he's within us and he'll take care of us and the truth will set us free. Um, let's see, is that it? So, um, yeah, I think that's about it. It's just our vacation was just so much fun. And there was just time after time where we just realized that, you know, we just don't stress about, you know, missing our train or getting here or doing this because, because we just, Yashua was taking care of us. And he was showing us that, that this world is all about the flesh, but it can also teach us something about him to help us, to keep us trusting in him because we know the truth and it helps us appreciate that truth and what he has shown us. Um, so anyway, Yashua was giving us class on our own as we we're, as we we're traveling around. So, um, but it's good to be here. Thank you for the time. Thank you, Karen. Next, we would like to ask if our returning visitor, Tatiana, has any words that she'd like to share. You have to unmute yourself, Tatiana. 
Hi, everybody. Good evening. So, Good evening. Uh, this is my second try. I will, I will try to share my emotions and what this class means to me, okay? Uh, so, uh, first of all, I'd like to tell that, uh, I'd like to thank Sasha for introducing me uh, um, into this class and into this teaching. Um, it was, I don't know if you believe it, we've known each other almost for 40 years. And I believe that some 20 years ago, he uh, was book um, about uh, this teaching by Dr. Kinley. Yeah, it's Elohim book. Uh, yes. And uh, so it was so interesting. But uh, that time I didn't have time, time to, um, to start reading it, but just, but I always uh, knew that I had it. And um, uh, this year uh, was uh, the last year, 21st and, and 2020, they were so hard to me. So, and um, I had to start to learn and um, uh, so I um, came to your class and um, came, um, I tried to come regularly. So it was hard for me to understand. Uh, sometimes um, I was too tired to follow the thread of uh, the speaker's thought, mm, but still I came, I come, and I feel involved. So it's something that has meaning to me that it is important. So again, I would like to thank Sasha and you all because um, you are a kind of a family and just all together, you're a family. And uh, it seems that uh, I'm part of this family. So uh, just, uh, I'm very thankful to you all. And I hope I will learn and I will understand more. Um, it's difficult for me not just to, to know um, our Heavenly Father, but English is not my mother's tongue, as you know. And sometimes I, and my hearing is not well. That is what I need. And that is, again, I thank you all. And I really, and sometimes I feel too tired. Um, sometimes uh, uh, just uh, it's uh, it's too late for me because um, eight o'clock is uh, the time when uh, I'd like to watch movies or to read just to relax and not to um, to make my mind work, you know, <laughs> because sometimes I work too much in the daytime. 
but still I come, I open my um, laptop and I am glued to the screen and I'm listening. And sometimes I got involved so much, I cannot uh, tell you how much. Last time I had a bad headache, but at the end I forgot I had it. So I felt much better at the end. So my thanks to you all. That is what I wanted to tell you and to share you, to share with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tatiana. Thank you. I would introduce the next speaker, but my dean has not told me who it will be. Uh-oh. Wait. Didn't send it. Oh, I had it all lined up. <laughs> all right. So our next speaker will please be Dr. Mildred Felder of the Madison, Wisconsin branch. Are you unmuted, Mildred? Look in the chat. Oh, okay. Sorry, I had muted myself back. Our next speaker will please be the Dean of our Madison, Wisconsin branch, Dr. Steve Gagno. Good evening. Uh, I've enjoyed what Karen had to say. I was there with her lost and we got found by some arrows <laughs> leading us back. And I enjoyed what she had to say about it. And uh, Deanna, I, uh, it's not easy. I know the, the language barrier, the time difference, but I, you know, I've talked to Sasha. We're impressed that you're sticking it out. And uh, it's, uh, you must be getting helps from the creator because it's not easy to stick it out. And uh, your testimony was wonderful. We, we are family here and uh, we're kind of a, an elite group because uh, even in this whole school, there's not even thousands of us. And uh, I think at its peak, it was, I don't know, maybe 8,000 or 7,000, but I think the membership has dwindled over the years. And, uh, you know, it's uh, for us, everyone had a first time. Everyone came in and started from the year creator has a name. And then we tell you the, that, it's a heavenly name and it was given to Moses. If you look at this chart, he was given to him at a burning bush and he was told to go down and deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt using that name. So there was power in that name. And you start to realize it's not our opinion, it's what Yahweh says. And uh, that's the difference between us and in the world. Dr. Kinley, when he had the vision, 
he went about to teach what Yahweh had showed him. He was he was it was revealed to him a panoramic vision, and uh, he said, "Make me prove it to your satisfaction." So he knew he was confident enough to be able to answer all questions. And through the years, he's passed now, but we've raised up ministers who were under him and uh, people have been raised up through the witnesses that we go about and endeavor every class to show something about what does Yahweh want or what his purpose is. And uh, like Karen had mentioned, there's a tabernacle in the midst of that wilderness of Sinai. And we talk about when they came out of Egypt, they were spoken in a law, 10 commandment law, which also had a total of 613 ordinances with it. A lot of things, do's and don'ts. And the tabernacle was there because Yahweh knew they couldn't keep it. So when they failed, they would come to the vessel of salvation and offer a sacrifice. Something would die so that they could live was the principle in that. And Karen showed how that the tabernacle, it has a, where they offer up, a, there's an altar of a sin sacrifice and they offer up a lamb and Yahshua says, I'm the lamb, you know, and then there's a laver of water in there. You can get the tabernacle for me briefly, uh, the chart on the tabernacle. I think I lost Callie. <laughs> I think I hear her running around up there. But anyhow, I'll keep going. There it is. So you got this in the lower left corner, the gate, it says, and that's the, that's the altar of sin sacrifice. And there was a lamb offered up. And above that, there has a... Uh, a um, uh, 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 laver of water and the, wa the principle there with the laver of water was sacrifices had to be cleansed so there was a cleansing of the sacrifices a principle of cleansing and then uh, the holy anointing oil is poured over the head of the high priest there and he shows that like teapot looking thing being poured over him and that's a principle of the priests have to be quickened so that they can operate uh, flawlessly in the tabernacle and then when you go into what's the holy place on the left side there's a lampstand and that's so that there would be light in there in the darkness in the daytime there was light and then in the evening they would light that lamp till morning and then extinguish it on the right side is the table of shoe bread and the shoe bread was for the sustenance of the priesthood there were 12 tribes and every day they had to put in 12 loaves of bread and there was a uh, for the priesthood so there was bread there was light and then you go up to the uh uh um, i can't think of the vessel where we're intercession is uh altar of incense and what happened there were daily prayers there were prayers three times a day offered up in there you know for um three times a day for prayers for the people and for the sins and for whatever I can't even my brain is dying on this <laughs> but anyhow my point is she showed this tabernacle and uh it typifies what Yahshua is he said I'm the lamb I'm the waters of regeneration I'm the quickening spirit I'm the light I'm the bread that came down from heaven 
They were fed with manna in the wilderness. And the intercession between Yahweh dwelling in the most holy place and, and people, uh, there were prayers made there for that. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So he intercedes to the Father for us. And that's the principle. And uh, that is what Yahshua came to do. He came to, he made a covenant. Go back to the Moses chart, please. Yahweh had made a covenant with a group of people, the Hebrews, and uh, they said, I do. So there was a marriage there. When, when Yahweh spoke in the laws, they said, all that you say, we will do. So they were bound together under that law that he was, gave them. But he also gave them a way of escape. And in the end, none of them could keep it. There was no one found who found uh, 1400 years or whatever, 1400 years, I think later when Yahshua comes in from this covenant, that he came in made of a woman made under the law to bring an end to this covenant. Because it was intended, uh, get for me, oh, Deuteronomy, where is it, Sasha, where he says it would be uh, your righteousness? 624, I think. 23 and 24, I think it is. Deuteronomy 6, 23, 24. My brain is spam. Can somebody read for Deuteronomy me? Deuteronomy 6 and 23. Yes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swear unto our fathers. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh commanded us to do all these statutes to fear Yahweh our Elohim for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. So prior to this, this is the lineage of Abraham. Abraham is way before this. And Abraham was given the covenant of circumcision. That's where the Hebrews got to be circumcised. And there's, he was, there was a promise of a land. But his seed would go down into the land they know not of and come back up with great substance. So when they went down into Egypt, they came back up with this tabernacle and this covenant. And then they went in and conquered Canaan's land and fulfilled the the promise but the thing was they corrupted themselves they went a whoring with supposed to kill and it sounds like a horrible the old covenant can sound horrible to the people why is he killing all these people in these because the principle was they weren't with yahweh yahweh was with these people and anybody who didn't know yahweh was was a gentile and he had to eradicate them that don't know him and we know in John 17 and 3, he says, eternal life is to know him as he really is and actually exists. And Karen talked about how we worship him in spirit and in truth. So the principle, you know, negates the fact that we have to slaughter the heathen, you know, and that was just the principle of it all. It's Yahweh's purpose. Some will be saved and some will not. A lot of people don't like that, but these are the chosen people and those are not. And that's another thing people don't like. They think they have free will. Those people, the Hebrew people were chosen. They didn't choose to be Hebrews. They were the Hebrew nation. 
and and all of these things we come down here and learn and it's always been in the book but it took a vision and a revelation by dr kinley to show us how to put it together so that we can see it and then preach it to others and have hopefully they're quickened with an understanding as we have been so you know you're on the right track tatiana because Everybody came in and heard the names. Everybody came in and tried to understand that pattern. How does that pattern work? And everything goes by threes. And all of a sudden you just start to see that Yahweh made this pattern and, and there are everything going by threes and, and things go by the pattern. And, and it's amazing, like a cell and an atom. An atom is one, two, three, yet one atom. Electron, po proton, neutron, a cell body, uh, nucleus nucleola the you know the cell is three parts and uh you know you just i mean if you ever once you've been in this class you hear people have conversations watch out everything comes in threes i got two tickets in the last two weeks watch out you'll probably get a third one you know they'll kid you because they recognize that there's a pattern to thing there's a lot of threes that happen and it's just that we know why it is that's the difference. You know you have a creator that is not a wimpy creator. He wants you to know him as he really is. And we are, he's spirit and we're physical. And he's caused this whole covenant and this whole physical thing to show you that you don't have the ability, you know, unless Yahshua be in you. And in the end, these people, the ones that were saved, you can go to Hebrews. Uh, Abraham was saved by faith and, and, Noah was saved by, saved by faith in the operation of this purpose. They believed it because they were given witness and evidence. And that's why, you know, we show these things so that you can stand in this thing. And there's just, it just keeps adding up, adding up. You know, you'll learn about the mystery of iniquity. There is a mystery of iniquity and there's a mystery of righteousness. But the mystery of iniquity is created. He doesn't exist on his own. Yahweh is the only thing that exists. He made a purpose and a creation, and he created darkness so that you could understand light. And all of these things were done on our behalf so we could see him in our mind's eye through revelation of the witnesses. And this is the, it has to grow up a little bit, and all of a sudden it's crawling, and then it's walking, and stumbling around and so on and so forth and before you know it they're they're athletes or whatever did you brush your teeth did you brush your teeth you know hopefully at some point you don't you know have to tell them to brush their teeth they know and they know why it's important to take care of your teeth you know and that kind of thing so there's levels of the understanding of all the things we teach that Yahweh gives the increase so I'd like to just go back and work with this um, 14th chapter. Now, the premise of this 14th chapter of John, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the, the Gospels are the account of Yahshua's life in the flesh. And he, at the time of the Gospels, he is a Jew under earth. It comes in on the day of Pentecost after he dies and pours it out. Because like I said, no one could keep that law. Yahshua came in 
and he was without fault. At the day of his death, he went before Pilate, and they were accusing him of all kinds of things. And Pilate talked to him and said, I find no fault with the man. So the record was set. And they still said, crucify him, crucify him. Because of their ignorance and their jealousy or whatever it is, they just, they wanted him. He was affecting the priest's lifestyle and so on. And none of them were teaching. By that time, there was very little teaching of the truth. They were doing, they didn't even have the Ark of the Covenant by the time Yahshua was on there. There's always, we talk about, in the most holy place on the day of atonement, the priest went before the Ark of the Covenant. Well, there, Jeremiah, I believe, the prophet, during the captivities uh, in the prophets, they were put in captivity because of their disobedience. He hid it, and it won't be found. And that was the last it was ever seen. And uh, that's why you have movies like the Raiders of the Lost Ark and so on, and they have movies about trying to find it and so on but they won't and uh just like noah's ark they're looking for that yahweh just hides them and you'll never find them they're not going to be found but so there was no atonement during that time and john the baptist that's why he comes along and he's burying sinners baptism was an immersion and yash you know everyone came to john and said told him they were a sinner so he buried sinners. He immersed them in the water, testifying that they were dead. And he was burying them in the water. And they were waiting for the Savior to come because that was John's job. The Savior would come and save. So he was waiting for the one. And Yahshua comes to him and he says, I have no sin, no fault. And Yahshua told him, suffer it to be so now. For thus it becomes us to fulfill all things. So Yash, John suffered him and baptized him because he had to get baptized under the law. So he was under the law, but he was without fault. And then he rose out of the water and the spirit descended on him. And he was in his ministry from that time on for three and a half years, fulfilling everything that was written in the law and in the prophets so that he could pour out he paid the price. He died and paid the price to set up the new covenant. And when we want to understand something about something we can't see, we go back to the law and to the testimony and try to understand principles that we extract from these things to see the, the reality. You know, one apple plus one apple equals two apples. You know, one book plus one book equals two books. But after a while, you don't have to figure out two by carrying apples or books. You just understand the principle. And Yahweh in the principle of mathematics is invisible. And it's the same with trying to understand something about the, the way the Bible is put together, the way Yahweh is. And it has to be revealed. You have to see it through the witnesses in the flesh to understand two apples equals two and so on. And that's just the endeavor. And then you're taking baby steps. You're learning arithmetic in the beginning. But as time goes on, you become comfortable and, and Yahweh keeps opening up more and more and more. And you can just, you can't put your finger on it, but you see Yahweh. You can see that he is divine, that no man can do this. This has to come from a source bigger than us. And it's Yahweh. 
It's his purpose. He's real. He does exist. And uh, in the churches, they're selling you beautiful paintings and, and so on. Uh, the apostles were all martyred off in their time. And little by little, it, it's just the way it was. Yahweh allowed it to be corrupted and then comes in at the end of this age and uh, sent Dr. Kinley, and he saw it. Yahweh revealed it to him, and he set up this school in 1931 is when he had the vision. I don't know exactly when he started preaching, but it wasn't long after that where he was telling people and had charts put up. It took a long time, but here we are today talking about the, the, the secrets of Yahweh, the mysteries of the creator himself and the rest of people are worshiping imaginations you know it's uh when i was a young guy i was raised in a catholic church and they used to talk in latin and uh you know they're up there doing all this uh latin talk that i didn't know what any of the words meant everything was latin and we had latin responses to what they said and they'd say one thing and we'd say this back to them and and all you had was an imagination of what that was about because you didn't even know the words. And then uh, somewhere around 1963 or four, they changed to English. I was very disappointed when I heard what it was. <laughs> it was just a bunch of mumble jumble, even in English. It was nothing. It had, they took away my imagination of it and I didn't like the reality of it. And it, I wasn't interested in it anymore. But that's, that's what coming down here has done. It's taken away our imagination and, and been replaced with the truth, as the scripture talks about. So Yahshua, before he goes into his crucifixion, this is uh, in John 14, he's telling the disciples he's got to go away. You know, and they're not catching it. And uh, they're... They're disciples, they're students at this time. After the Holy Spirit, they're apostles where they have seen something. They have an eye of understanding. Everything has changed. You know, Yahshua told Peter, you'll go deny me three times. I'll never do that. And sure enough, when he was crucified, and he, I guess they describe it as he was standing around a barrel of fire or something, and everybody's warming their hands, and somebody says, Weren't you with him? No, I wasn't. Somebody else comes up. Weren't you with him? No, I wasn't. And three times and then a cock crows. And he knew and he wept because Yahshua told him what he would do and he did it. And, uh, but he didn't have anything in him. And then later, uh, get from me Acts, the fourth chapter. Not long after that, he goes to a temple after he has the Holy Spirit and he heals a man. And they're taken before the the hierarchy in the, the the scribes and the pharisees and the high priest caiaphas and john i think i want four and five or seven start with real quick did you hear me acts four do i have a acts reader four and five and it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. 
So they're all in Jerusalem, all of the hierarchy of the Israelites, the, the, the Jews, okay? And he had healed somebody on the Sabbath, and they brought him in because he healed a man. So they bring him in before all of these guys. Read. Verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? So remember when I said back at the burning bush, they got a name, Moses got a name, and that name was the power to take down. There was power in that name. When he went down there, yeah, he said, you know, Pharaoh said, I know not Yahweh. And when he said that, Yahweh put a plague on him. He did this 10 times until they let him go. So there was power in the name. So here they are, they healed in the name. So, and their response tells you they know there's power. Because the question is, Hey, by what power or what name have you done this? Read. Verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them. So Peter's rulers... filled with the Holy Spirit at this point. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. So he's got the Holy Spirit. So it's not Peter talking. It's the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Read. You rulers of the people and elders of Israel. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, by, but by that, that by the name of Yahshua the Messiah of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom Yahweh raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Yeah, so... This is the same guy before the crucifixion that said, no, I don't know him. Three times in the, the cock crowed, right? So the difference is he knew stuff, but it wasn't in his heart and mind. After Pentecost, you can't deny that Yahweh is real. And he knows that Yahweh's, Yahshua was real. He knows that Yahshua was the comforter in the flesh for them but now the knowledge they have of him is the comforter in them now see so he was able to stand and before people these people can take his life at any time they did it the Ashur, but he speaks with boldness it says you know be it known unto you all you know, and then later on where it's where is it there's one name given unto salvation and he threatens and they beat him uh, can you jump down a little ways? You know where I'm talking. Um, twelve. Twelve. Yeah, Thank you. Not that far. Okay. Just read 12. twelve. Neither is there salvation in any other. So he's on, he's going on with his rant, and no, there's no salvation in any other name. Read. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So there's only one name, and it's Yahshua which means Yahweh is salvation, you know, it, it, uh, these people, you know. So what do they do after he does this? Because he healed a man, and it, it's known that they healed a man. So they can't go killing him because he did a good thing. So they beat him. They beat him and whoever's with him, John and James or whoever, if you read on a little bit. Okay, making sure. Okay, 
Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Yahshua. And beholding mm -hmm. the man which was healed standing with them, they could say mm -hmm. nothing against it. But when they oh. had commanded them to go out, go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. We cannot deny it, but they did, and they beat them for it. Somewhere in there it says they beat them and sent them away. You're not a skimmer? All right, never mind. I'm looking. It's there. It's there. They beat them. But the point is, there's a difference between they were disciples. And he was in their presence physically, but it wasn't time yet. He had to die and take off the flesh so he could pour out a new covenant, which was his spirit in you, the original intent of the thing. The law made sin exceedingly sinful and keep it. So now the high priest that makes the atonement is now in you, teaching you all things, bringing all things back to your remembrance. And that's what we come down here. And as you start to, um, you need a, a large sampling of witnesses for it all to start forming the picture. That's why we go over things and over things. And, and every one of us, someone was kind enough to go back and show us again over here. And someone would take us and show us again over here. And then one day we go, oh, I get it. I, I see. See, and, and just like a baby, when a baby is, being formed in the womb, the first thing formed is the head, then the heart, then the skeletal system and the organs. So we're forming, we're giving you knowledge. And after a little bit, you'll learn to love it. You'll have the love of that knowledge, but then you'll have to learn to stand in it on your own. You, you mentioned, Tatiana, that you were, after your husband passed, you're on your own and you had to learn to stand and, and be that way. And and, and that's just an example of, you know, we're going to have, that's what this gospel's for, to testify of Yahshua. Yahweh is salvation. That's our testimony. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch someone grow in it. Uh, you know, I laugh when I think of when I came in, uh, there's a guy who was a former dean, and uh, he was a good friend of mine. And he said, Steve, you keep asking the same questions. I give you the answers and you're not hearing it. And you're like a dog chasing your tail. And I just get frustrated and I go, I just need to, I can't see it. I'm not, not seeing it. And then all of a sudden you come back and tell me, I get it now. I, I see it. I see it. And so on. And it just takes time. And it's just, uh, it's hard growing up as a child. There's all kinds. Of, this is just like being a child. It's hard. There's growing pains. There's, there's struggles with it, but it's all beautiful you know you've got a father in heaven who his, his one intention is to help you know him as he really is and as he actually exists and uh i'm gonna take my seat here and i'm gonna ask sasha at this time to take some time so um i did enjoy the previous speakers and i hope that helped what i had to say so I'm turning it over to Sasha right now. Thank you. 
good evening, everyone. Hi. Hi. So I really enjoyed class. I enjoyed all speakers, and I was touched by Tatiana's testimony because it's been more than 20 years since Tatiana and I talked about Yashua, the Messiah, back in Russia when I visited. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, it takes 20 years or so to, for the seed to germinate. And um, I'm very happy and thankful to Yashua that uh, I and we all can experience that. So uh, let me work with a scripture reading a little bit. I have about 20 minutes, Steve, is that right? Yeah, it's either 20 or 25, you figure it out. Okay. So let's go to the scripture reading and uh, let's work with the scripture reading a little bit. There is one particular thing I wanted to uh, talk about, but we'll get to it. From the beginning? John 14 and 1, yes. Okay. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. My father's house, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go... You, I will be interrupting you, so... Uh, Yahshua is saying to his disciples that in my father's house are many mansions. And uh, being in uh, Christianity for a, a short time, I would uh, envision it as many people do, uh, literal uh, house. So there is somewhere in heaven that are literal uh, houses and which uh, people built, you know, if you, uh, those of you who can read near-death experiences, you can actually read it in near-death experiences about uh, uh, people going, so to speak, to heaven and, and seeing, uh, you know, people building houses or um, uh, mansions or rooms. But it's all Yashu is talking uh, spiritually so like uh, karen the first speaker she uh, uh, she used the scripture in uh, john 4 23 and 24 where it says that yahweh is spirit so we're talking about yahweh's house he's saying in my father's house no yahweh is spirit so his house is not physical house and his house is where he is and where is he he is everywhere he is uh, spirit so the uh, the message is uh, Yahshua wants to convey to them understanding that they're not going to uh, understand it now but they will understand that later on as he's uh, telling them why don't you go in a skip to 26 and then we'll go back 
John 14, 26. Yep, sorry. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Right, and what he is telling them now that in his uh, father's house are many mansions. So when they will receive the Holy Spirit from Yahshua on the day of Pentecost, they will understand what he meant. And what did he mean? That they are going to be in the spirit. And there are many rooms or many mansions or many, I mean, they cannot put the physical thing on the spirit, but it's a lot of spirit and a lot of space, so to speak, available in the spirit. And Yahshua saying that when he is going back to the Father, he is going to prepare the place for them. Meaning what? That now he is uh, in the house of Yahweh because he is the only one who has the Holy Spirit. But after his death, burial, and resurrection, he will uh, give his spirit to his disciples and they will be in, uh, in the, his father's house. Let uh, uh, read verse three. 14 and three. Receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He said, not where I will be, but where I am, you may be also. But he was in uh, uh, his uh, father's house, so to speak, because he has father's uh, spirit in him. Actually, he was father's spirit or Yahweh's spirit in a physical body or personified. And on the day of Pentecost, they're going to be in the same uh, place as he was. So they will be in the physical body with the spirit of the father in them as uh, uh, another uh, example, Apostle Paul will use uh, later on, you know, that there is a body, uh, Yahshua uh, is the head of the body, but there is a body and there are members of the body. And it's talking about the same spiritual house and the members of the body would be likened like the mansions in this house or parts of this house. Continue on, please. Four, and whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, yeah, Master, we know not whither you go, and how can we know the way? Yahshua said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So this scripture doesn't uh, sit well with uh, many uh, people in different religions because this is very restrictive. He's saying there is no many ways which lead to God or to salvation. He's talking about himself that he is the only way pretty much. And uh, Steve was talking about the uh, tabernacle how tabernacle describes Yahshua. And in this tabernacle, to go into the inner part 
of this tabernacle to, uh, to the holy place and to the most holy place, you have to go through the door. There is only one door. And Yahshua said that, uh, you know, broad is the gate which leads to destruction, but narrow is the door which leads to salvation, talking about himself. Continue on. If you had known me, you should have known my father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Master, show us the Father, and it suffice us. It sufficeth us. Yahshua said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And I'll say you then, show us the Father. Believe you not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Right, so Yahshua is uh, telling them that he is the Father, that he is a personification of the Father, but they won't understand it because they don't have the Holy Spirit yet. But uh, when they receive the Holy Spirit, then they would understand who Yahshua really was. Uh, let's go to John 1 and 1. This is Apostle uh, John, who was present with Yahshua when Yahshua talked to the disciples in 14th chapter of John. Uh, that's uh, what he was saying after he received the Holy Spirit. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with Yahweh, and the word was Yahweh. Right. The same and when was we, in the right. And when we read, it's talking about that uh, Yahweh actually is referring to the Father. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with Yahweh or the Father, and this word was the Father. Continue on. The same was in the beginning with Yahweh. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Right, and it's saying that this word, this word made everything. So this word made the whole creation. Now skip down to verse 14, please. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father of grace and truth and the same word who was with the father and who was the father this word was made flesh and it was yashu the messiah who is talking to his disciples uh, uh, in the 14th chapter of john just to verify that the yahweh and the father are the same read verse 18 Verse 18, mm -hmm. no man hath seen Yahweh at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. Right, so you see that Yahweh is referred to the father here. So let's go back to the scripture reading. I know that, you know, everything can be uh, 
explained and defined more, but I see I have like five minutes uh, left. Uh, continue on. Uh, have I not been so long with you? And yet you have, oh wait, I already did that one. Believe you not that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. The greater works than these shall, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, that's what I want to uh, uh, stay uh, on this verse a little bit. He's saying that uh, the works which I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, what can be greater works that Yahshua did? Now, when Yasha was in the flesh, we can read about it uh, in uh, so-called four uh, gospels, so his biography, we can read that he was uh, healing the sick. He was healing people from leprosy, which was incurable uh, disease pretty much. He was restoring sight uh, to the people. He was uh, healing uh, people with paralysis. In fact, he was raising people from the dead, like he uh, raised Lazarus, who was dead for four uh, days. But Yahshua is saying, uh, he, talking to his disciples, uh, he will do the greater works than, uh, than uh, I do. Why? Because I go into my father. So what's will make a difference? The difference will, will be that while Yahshua was with his disciples in the flesh, as the comforter in the flesh, he did all these uh, uh, wonderful works and healings, but it was only for physical people from the physical standpoint. All these people, even Lazarus, who rose from the dead, he had to die again. Now, after death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah, when he goes back to his father, he said, I will send you another comforter. Who is the another comforter? The people in the Christian world are thinking it's the third person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. But in fact, Yahshua is saying that this comforter is uh, with them, if we uh, read. Uh, but uh, then he is going to be in them. He's talking about himself. So another comforter which will come is the spirit of Yahshua, the Messiah, will be in the people and it would comfort them, not from outside, but from inside. But it's, it's the way 
the words uh, and Yahshua or the Holy Spirit, they are the same. There are not three different persons. And when these people will receive the Holy Spirit, when they preach the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, this preaching of the gospel will heal people, not uh, only from the physical standpoint, and it can be healings from the st physical standpoint, but the purpose of uh, our creator is to bring salvation and restoration to the people from the spiritual standpoint, because people are spiritually dead. Even when Yahshua talked to his disciples uh, in the 14th chapter of John, they were spiritually dead because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Lazarus, whom Yahshua brought from the dead, he was spiritually dead because his soul didn't resurrect. But with the resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah and outpouring of the Holy Spirit, those who, receive, who will receive the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, their soul will resurrect from death. Their eyes spiritually or eyes of understanding will be open. They will be able to walk upright, although before that they stumbled in all different kind of uh, judgments. So they will be saved, they will be healed from their sins. And that's what Yahshua is referring to when he is saying that the greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And these greater works uh, started on the day of Pentecost and they're still going on leading to the spiritual salvation and resurrection of the soul of uh, those who hear the gospel. And then these people are translated into the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah. Let's read a couple more scriptures and I'm done. Uh, Colossians 1.13. Colossians 1 and 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. That's what Yahshua did. He delivered us from the power of darkness as uh, he delivered children of Israel, as you see on this chart before you, from the power of darkness, of the, from the power of Pharaoh, and he delivered us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now this kingdom is the spiritual kingdom, and apostle Paul talks about it in uh, Romans 14, 17. Romans 14 and 17. For the kingdom of Yahweh is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Right. And so, and 
can we can be now in the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And this is a salvation of our soul. Thank you for your attention and praise be to Yasha. Thank you. Our final speaker this evening will please be Dr. Dennis Volpe, Dean of the Oceanside California Branch School. I want to say good, every, good evening to everyone. There were a lot of thought-provoking things that were said tonight. And so for the short time we have left, I just want to try to make a few comments about some of these things. Now, I was drawn to uh, the testimony that was given tonight about wanting to know Yahweh. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Now, first of all, let's go over to Matthew eleven twenty seven. I believe it is. Matthew 11 and 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. That's not the, I'm sorry, I called the wrong scripture. That's not what I want. Oh, my goodness. I want you to go over to, it's probably in the book of John, where Yahshua talks about how no man knows the Father. You were breaking up. I didn't hear what book you wanted. I'm no sorry. No man knows the Father, save the Son. That's it. That's what I want. It could be in John the 5th. It's in that scripture. It is? Reading. The one we were just oh, reading? Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Finish that scripture. <laughs> oh, it's in the same verse. Okay, yeah. good. Thank you, Callie. Yes, no, thank okay, you, Callie. I appreciate it. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. All right, now, thank you. Now, nobody knows the Father. Nobody. And nobody knows the Son. Now, coming to a knowledge of your Creator is not a matter of time. It's a matter of revelation. Now, revelations can be given over a course of time, that brings you to a greater and greater knowledge, or it can be given to you all at once, such as what was given to our founder in his vision and revelation in 1931. But time is not the key factor. It is Yahweh revealing himself to us. Now, let's go back over to Jeremiah 3131, and I want to pick it up from there and try to develop this a little bit. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Anybody got that? Yes. yes. Go ahead, read it. 32, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. 
Now he's oh, talking, no, he's talking, now right there, he's talking about when he brought them up out of the land of Egypt and brought them around that mountain where they gathered around Mount Sinai. And Yahweh spoke in a law, a series of laws, that the Israelites agreed to be obedient and keep those laws. Now that was known as the first covenant that was given back there where we call it the Mosaic Covenant. Now, Yahweh is saying, I'm going to make a new one. Keep reading there, Steve. Um, not not accor according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them out of the, by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my Yahweh. Read. 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts, and write it in their hearts, and will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. Keep reading. Keep reading. 34, and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, No, Yahweh, for, for they shall all know me, from the least of them. Put my law in their inward parts, and write it in their hearts. And now... He said, they shall, every man shall know. What we see here is that in the first covenant, they did not know Yahweh. The first covenant was not about Yahweh making the world or people or his chosen to know him. Because they didn't know him. It's obvious. But the second covenant is going to be different. Where he's going to put his spirit in you. And that that spirit will teach you or therefore cause you to know Yahweh. Now go back over and read Matthew again, 1127. Callie. You got it, Callie? Hello. Matthew 1127. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knows the Son but the Father. Neither knows any man the Father save the Son. And he, and he to whomsoever, whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Now here's the purpose of Yahshua. Yahshua has to come in and end that first covenant that was set up back there at Mount Sinai. In order to usher in a new covenant which began on the day of Pentecost which was the day the Holy Spirit was poured out. And Steve talked about that a little bit in his discourse. Now listen, Yahshua ends that covenant, which was a covenant of righteousness by your works, which no man could accomplish. But he ushers in a new covenant not to set up works again and that you might accomplish those works, but to set up the, the age of that we are in now, which is the age of faith and grace, that his spirit will be put in you to reveal to you the Father. Because the new covenant is Yahweh being made known to those that are recipients of that new covenant. Now, that's why the world doesn't know Yahweh. Yahweh did not make the covenant with every soul that was on the planet. Just as when he brought the Israelites, who were the offspring of Abraham, 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob had his name changed to Israel, they were all a family. Now, family was brought up tonight, too, as well. Now, this is a family affair, and Yahweh was working with the family of Abraham. And that family, Yahweh showed them in a vision, showed Abraham in a vision in the 15th chapter of Genesis that they would be strangers in a strange land and then later be brought out with great substance. Now, what I want you to know is that covenant was made with a family to fulfill a promise that Yahweh made to Abraham. It wasn't made with the Italians. It wasn't made Russians, uh, uh, Americans. It was made with this particular family that were the chosen people. And Yahweh chose them. They didn't choose Yahweh. Now listen, there was a lecture that was just recently given, and there was an article, it was about sheep. And in the article, it stated that the sheep cannot They are totally dependent upon their shepherd. Now, Yahshua comes in to gather the lost sheep. And those sheep, as he said, my sheep hear my voice. And if you don't hear my voice, I'm putting it in, paraphrasing it, but he is, But this is what he says in another place. If you don't hear my voice, it's because you're not one of my sheep. Now, what I want you to realize is that Paul writes in Ephesians, the first chapter, that we were chosen in Yahshua from the foundations of the world. Now, those souls that were chosen in Yahshua were chosen unto an inheritance, just as the offspring or the seed of Abraham, which could be translated to those souls that came forth out of the lineage of Abraham, were already promised an inheritance. Now what I want you to know is that Sasha had this read. He said, he read over there that in Colossians, the first chapter, Giving thanks. Go over there and get that. I think it's 113, if I'm not mistaken. Giving thanks. That's how it starts out in the verse that I'm after. It's around the 13th verse, somewhere in there. Verse 12. Thank you. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons in light. Now listen, listen. With Giving thanks to the Father, who hath made us meet to be inherit to be sons of an inheritance. Now that inheritance was promised. You believed in Yahweh, believe also in me. Belief of the Father is in Yahshua. You have to be in Yahshua in order to believe. And that's the way this works, ladies and gentlemen. No man knows the Father except the Son. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And to whomsoever he shall reveal him. Listen, seeing is believing. Without a revelation, you do not see. You do not understand the Spirit of Yahweh. You do not understand the purpose of Yahweh. 
So he has to open up the eyes of the blind, and that's all of us, and the ears of the deaf, that's all of us, and reveal himself to us so that we can believe. And that's done by the foolishness of preaching and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yahshua said that Yahweh has given over to him all power. Your soul salvation is in his hands, ladies and gentlemen. He has the power of life and death. He has the power to reveal the Father to you, which will cause you to be an inheritor of the kingdom, which was talked about tonight, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, or whether you will be lost for all eternity. And that's what I want you to understand. This is serious stuff down here. This is stuff that they don't know this stuff in Christianity. They don't know it in the Muslim faith. They don't know it in Judaism. These things are revealed by the Holy Spirit. And that's how we know our Creator is by revelation and revelation only. Now, listen. This is what was going on with the apostles. When Yahshua came in prior to the day of Pentecost and spoke many things, I think it's safe to say some things they understood at a certain level. Other things they didn't understand at all. But those things were committed to their, if you will, memory in that they heard those things and they know what Yahshua said. That doesn't mean they could go out and explain it. That doesn't mean they could go out and preach it. In fact, when Yahshua in the 10th chapter of, uh, of Matthew sent the apostles out to preach, he had to tell them what to say. He said, tell them that the kingdom of Yahweh is at hand. And they began to go out and tell everyone the kingdom of Yahweh is at hand. Now, what I want you to understand is all those things that he told to him, he was laying up in them all of that information that would be brought to actual understanding and knowledge by the infusion of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and minds. That was the only way it was going to work. So in the 14th chapter, and we don't have time to work with the whole chapter, they were concerned, he knew, Yahshua was trying to prepare them that he was about to be taken out and crucified and would be put to death. Now, he knew that the apostles had all of their stability, their security, everything that they felt for those three and a half years that they walked with him would be ripped away from them. Because they believed that this man was uh, the son of God walking on earth and that he could do anything. Well, for why wouldn't they think that? He raised Lazarus from the death. He walked on the water. He did all these miracles constantly. That the, no, nobody could touch us. When we're with him, he'll just, you know, he could do anything. That's what they're thinking. So here he's about to be taken out and put to death. Now the scripture said, kill the the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So Yahshua knew that they would be in a state of turmoil once he was put on that cross. And I dare say this, even though Yahshua told him that he, might, that he had to go through a death, a burial, and a resurrection, on the day that Yahshua rose, if you remember, when I think it was Martha and Mary came back to say that he was risen, they didn't believe at first. And when he was walking down the road to Emmaus there, 
And they began to talk about this Yahshua being killed. And these were some of his, obviously, followers. And he said, oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the scriptures have said. They could not believe without the Holy Spirit to the extent that was necessary. So what I want you to see is this, that uh, when he was preparing them that they were going to take him out and he would no longer be with them, dwelling with them like he was in the flesh. And he then told them, I will, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. First, he tells them, you know that uh, uh, where is that? Let's go over to let's go over to the seventeenth chapter, of John. I want it read just properly the way it is. So, John seventeen, and let's go down to I don't know. Hang on for a minute. I'm trying to quote this, and I want to make sure I don't mess this up. Ah, uh, let's see here. Oh, I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong chapter. Oh, darn it. 14 chapter of John. Please, somebody go over there and get that. 14, and let's see. Let's see if this is it. Uh, 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. All right, then I want to pick it up a little bit above that where he says, uh, okay. I wanted to pick up where he told him that he had to go away. He had to go to a, a way that, you know, and, and, um, oh There's boy. Three is, he's going away in three. Number I go three, to prepare a place for you. Down. Yes, go ahead. That's it. Read. Um, John 14 and three. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Keep reading. Okay, um, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. All right. Now, he's telling him he's going away, right? Now, here he tells him, skipping down to 18, because we don't have time to get all this. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He said, I will come to you. But he's preparing them for the, the physical body being murdered or killed, and it's going to be dissolved in that tomb. He's not going to dwell with them in the flesh after this point. So what I want you to see is that in 26, this is what he says. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. Read 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he, will, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now why did he have to bring back to their remembrance what was said unto them by Yahshua. Because when Yahshua told them these things, it was in their memory banks, if you will, but they did not understand it. Therefore, it took the Comforter, which was the Holy Spirit, to teach them what those things really meant, what they were all about. And that would happen on the day of Pentecost. So when uh, Paul, I mean, when Yahshua told them in Matthew 28, go ye therefore and teach all nations, they couldn't do that at that point. They still went and hid in an upper room. Now, when the Holy Spirit came, then they went out because now the Holy Spirit was directing Peter when he, as he was 
uh, 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 preaching to those people, those words were coming out of him because it was opened up in his heart and mind by the Holy Spirit, and he was able to preach the gospel that caused those people then to be quickened by those words. Now, what I want you to see is this. It takes the Holy Spirit to teach you. It takes the Holy Spirit to reveal to you so that you can know the Father. And it takes the Holy Spirit for you to know the Son as well. And so not knowledge comes by way of revelation. Sitting up under the foolishness of preaching is how that revelation is going to be delivered to you. That's why it's important to come to class. That's why it's important for you to continue down here until such time that the Holy Spirit opens up these things that you want to know and understand. He will open them up to you piecemeal. You'll get something out of one class, and then you'll go to the next class, and something else will be revealed. You may have a question that you're not sure how to answer it, and at some point the Holy Spirit will open it up to your understanding. So I just wanted to comment out of that. I kind of rushed it. I know we're out of time. I thank you for the opportunity, and I'm going to turn it right back to the moderator, and thank you, and peace in Yahshua. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for joining us this evening. We hold Zoom classes every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope that you will join us again. We will now be dismissed by the doxology taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Yahweh our Savior through Yahshua the Messiah our Sovereign be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah. hallelujah.